just as we're worshiping there, felt the Lord tell me, change that message. And the Lord's will, some other time we'll do our, our message that we were to do, true prophet, when the word is mixed with faith, we'll maybe bring it another time, God willing. And just the Lord shot something into my heart, change the message now, give them this. Second Kings chapter 6, please. This won't be a long message. We have worshipped longer than usual. And sure, when the Spirit's moving, how can you not? He's lovely. He's wonderful. I love the Lord Jesus with all my heart. Rescued me from the pit. Brought me up also out of the merry clay. Set my feet upon a rock. Establish my goings. I've put a new song in my mouth. Even praise unto our God. Hallelujah. You know the testimony is, it says, many shall see it and shall fear and shall trust in the Lord. You know, if I can change a rotten sinner like him and if he can love Jesus, then he can do the same with me. It is no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he can do for you. Bless his holy name. Second Kings has come to my mind and I ask you to bear with me. Chapter six, let's read verse one. And the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, behold now, the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan and take thence every man a beam. And let us cut us a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, go ye. And one said, be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water, and he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. And the man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed them the place he had cut down a stick and cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. Therefore, said he, Take it up to thee. And he put out his hand and took it. Let's pray. Father, make this alive to us this morning. Make this real to our hearts this morning. Settle us in your presence and speak to us. Lord Jesus, you are loved in this place. Lord Jesus, you're worshipped here. You're adored. You're cherished. You're our life. Lord, you're all I have. You're everything to me. You're my very breath. You're the beat of my heart. I have nothing outside of you, Lord. You're my waking and you're my sleeping. You're my lying down and you're my rising up. Lord, you're the life I live because you have rescued me from such a place. And Lord, when I've come to know you, I've never been the same. I can never be the same. Oh, touch us that none of us will ever be the same again. None of us, Lord, will be the same because Christ and the power of the Spirit is within us. And that he moves in us. And in you we live and move and have our being. Glorify your name. Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. The sons of the prophets 
said unto Elisha, Behold now the place where we dwell with thee. It's too straight for us. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan and take thence. Every man a beam and let us make us a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, Go ye. Strange sometimes how you see things that there's a school of the prophets. As Christians, we must learn the things of the Holy Ghost. You can't learn the things of the Holy Spirit unless he comes to teach you. But if you're a Christian, then he has come to teach you. He's led you into all truth, salvation, by grace, through faith in Christ alone. See, he's led you into that teaching. Salvation by the washing of the blood of the Lamb, the cleansing power of the blood of the Lamb. He's taught you. Now, the world can't prophesy, and the world really can't preach in truth because the world is not the Spirit of God. But if you're a blood-washed, a born-again, spirit-filled and spirit-led believer, then the Holy Spirit, he lives in you. And he will teach you. And there's more for every one of you in God. Sometimes we think, is this it? I don't mean this here, just in our life, is, that, is this it? Sometimes we're, we're thinking, Lord, I'm just a, a nominally ordinary Christian who goes to work and comes back, and we need to do those things, but it's, is this what it is? And God will always say, there's more for you. So much more. There's not only rivers to swim in, but there's waters that can't even be crossed. In other words, you'll, you'll be swimming throughout the Spirit and the things of the Spirit for eternity, and you'll still never cross that Jordan, as it were. You'll still never cross that river. You'll still never cross that sea. And his promise is, when you seek him, you'll find him. When you search for him with all your heart, he says, and I will be found of you. The school of the prophets were that these men had had an experience, even though it's old covenant, we have an even greater sense of God because of the new covenant. He lives in us. But these old covenant uh, believers, if you want, they followed what God had said, and because of their obedience, we find that they're now wanting more of God. Brothers and sisters, we have to ask ourselves, do we want more of God? Once we get satisfied with what God has done or what God is doing, once we get enough of it, then we have lost it. The psalmist even says, whenever he's writing and he's thinking of the things that God has done, King David himself, a king, a psalmist, a sweet singer, as it were, of Israel, he's sitting, as it were, with, with his harp, composing unto God in the spirit. And as he's playing, he starts singing, as the heart or the deer panteth after the water brooks. So panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. He cries, when will I come before you? You are before me, son. No, but Lord, I need more. If I don't drink again, if I don't drink anew, if I can't drink afresh, I feel I'll wither and die. 
Do you ever feel like that sometimes? Unless you have a real sense of him in your life, and sometimes we all are in our humanity all the time, but sometimes we're more conscious of it. And in our humanity, fear comes and worry comes and anxiety comes. And But when he comes, when he overcomes in us and we overcome that in him, through him, you know what we find? He's so beautiful, we can't get enough of him. He's like nothing tasted before and the darkness has now become light and the fear has fled because of faith that we have in Christ. Because of the renewed faith, because of the renewed strength that the Spirit brings, because we have drank at the rivers of living water, because we're like that deer, if I don't drink, I'll die. I'll wither, I'll die. And all of us will wither and die, as it were, unless we continually drink at the river, seeking after him. Lord, I need to seek you more. Talking about me. What about you, brother or sister? Lord, I need to seek your face or I'll die. I need you or I'll wither. I need woken up from a slumber because I have decided to lie in my bed of complacency. I've decided to lie in my bed of, of luxuriousness and comfort. It's like the, the song of Solomon when uh, the, the Lord who is represented by Solomon, the Shulamite, by God's people. The Shulamite's in bed and her beloved comes and puts his hands through the lats of the door and she says, behold, it is my beloved at the door, but I have taken off my shoes. In other words, I've washed my feet, you know, the dust on the ground. I've walked about today and I just can't be bothered. I've taken off my shoes and I don't want to open the door. It's so easy to get up and do it. It's so easy to say, I'm doing it. I'm fixing my mind. I'm going to do it, Lord. I'm going to come and you're rapping the door. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice from open the door, I will come in with him and sup with him and he with me. And listen, Jesus was writing that to the Laodicean church, which we are today. He's saying, I want in. I want to sup with you. I want fellowship. I want to teach you more. I want the Spirit to, to lead you and guide you. I want the Spirit to equip you and empower you and, and, and to gift you. And this Shulamite lies and says, I have put off my coat, I've taken off my shoes, and, and I just, it's just a bit inconvenient for me at this time. Brothers and sisters, when God calls for us, it's always inconvenient. And we're told that if we observe the clouds, then we'll never sow. If we say, no, we can't today because of something else, then we'll never sow it. We'll never do it. We'll never follow. We'll never follow, press hard after him. And even though we're faint, we should be yet pursuing. Like Jacob, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. Lord, I'm not leaving here till you show up. And I'm not leaving here in the place of prayer, in the place of seeking, the place of reading. And I'm not giving up until I have drank of that water. I will not let thee go except thou bless me. Because if I don't have you, Esau's out there and he'll kill me. I need empowerment. And he says, well, then I'll call you a prince ruling with God, Israel. So many of us need to get to the place where, where I'm staying here and I'm going to seek your face till you teach me, till you lead me, 
Can you show me? Can you guide me? Can you come and strengthen me? No matter what's facing you, brothers and sisters, listen, it doesn't matter what comes against you. It doesn't matter who comes against you. Your God is greater. He is bigger. He is in control. He is sovereign. He's still on the throne. He's the all-powerful, almighty, omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He is the omniscient God and he's your father in the heavens and he sits and he overlords and he sees all things. Sovereignty means he is in control of everything. Everything in my life and yours. And once you start to fear, you're forgetting his sovereignty. And these, pro- these prophets were there to learn. Let the Holy Ghost teach you. Start learning the things of the Spirit. Listening for the voice of God. Listening, given an ear that you'll hear what he has to say to the church at this time. Applying it to our hearts and our lives. There are many obstacles in your way of life that would love to set you back, to tear you down. There are many things will come against you. And listen, it'll be it'll be in the most peculiar of places and the most unexpected of people that will come against you. But nevertheless, since God before us, who then can be against us? Lord, you're on my side. These prophets realize God's moving so much, he's blessing they go to the man of God, Elisha, and they say, look, the place is too straight. It's too, getting too small. We need to build. But we need to know if it's all right. Should we go? And he says, go. Do it. And in verse 3 says, and one says, be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. Look, Elisha, we're learning the things of God and we're learning the things of the Spirit and we have come under your ministry for such a time. But don't leave us to try and figure it out. He says, I will go. So he went with them and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. And as one was filling a beam, the axe head fell into the water and he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. You know, people say, well, what's the big deal, the axe head falling into the water? Well, the big deal is this. At this time, iron was very precious. It wasn't a matter of saying, oh, what have you done? You're a silly man. Go down to the hardware store and buy another one. They had to be brought out of the rock and, and it had to be smelted. Then it had to be forged. Then it had to be hardened into an axe and shaped. Then it had to be placed on the stock. It took time and effort and some person allowed him to borrow it. So they go out and they're, they're, they're hitting the trees and they've got the axe, you can see them, and they're chopping down the wood. And this man, whatever has happened, he must have been on the backward stroke and Jordan's behind him. Do you know Jordan is the place of baptism? But Jordan is also, another word name for Jordan means death. That's why we call the crossing over Jordan. When we die, we cross over Jordan. And all that the man had to help him 
fell into a place of either baptism or death. And sometimes in our lives we wonder, Lord, this is going to be either baptism or death, but I don't know which. Now, brothers and sisters, this is where the crucial point may be for your life, my life, or for whatever. And this may be in whatever circumstances come your way or whatever things. And, and listen, I am saying this, I have absolutely no idea what's coming forth from me because I'm given this as I speak it. Look, there's my notes. I'm not using them. I'm not using them. That's meant to be for this morning, but it wasn't meant to be for this morning. I thought it was. And sometimes when we are laboring for God, something happens to us and it may come to a grinding halt. You see, the, whole, the Holy Spirit is if we can, and I said reverently to him, I said reverently to the Holy Spirit, it's like the axe head of our lives. He is like the axe head of our lives. That as we're cutting down the wood in the Lord's work, as we're cutting down the wood going through life, as we're cutting down the wood to try and move on in our, in our experiences, sometimes through carelessness that which is given by grace and borrowed it's lost and comes off the shaft they should have looked after it in other words listen if we're not in a place where we are seeking God and regularly coming before him and worshiping him in the spirit you will you don't lose the gifts of the spirit because they are without repentance and he does not revoke them but you do lose the sense of him you do lose the unction. You do lose that part where you're, it's no longer in use. And even the, the prophetic gifts of the Holy Spirit and the gifts that were always in the Pentecostal church, I mean the real gifts. I'm not talking the bark and dog gifts and the quack and ducks and the hiss and snake gifts. I'm talking about the reality of the Holy Ghost. The real gifts are no longer, very few are they found in the church because the church hasn't made sure the axe head was fitted on properly. falls into the Jordan and here's a and sometimes our life comes to a grinding halt or we're faced with a brick wall or there's something comes against us and we're looking at it and we don't know what way we're going to go we don't know what's going to happen we don't know what way to turn and we're looking at it now either you can fear and you can panic and you can cry and you can complain and you can run but you can't hide and it's still there and you can do that or else you can say in Jesus name or else you can say, the word says, I'm seeking his face. I'm drinking at the river. I'm like the deer panting after the water brooks. For if I don't, I'm going to die in Jordan. I'd rather be baptized in the Jordan than die. Than die. Now, many of us have a choice in our lives. Lord, I trust you. Do I trust you? Or do I fear? Do I trust you? Do I fear? Here's the wonderful thing. This man's axe head fell into the water. And sometimes we're like this with the axe. Can you imagine them all chopping down their logs? It shows you that there's those of the spirit can't be so heavenly minded as it were that they're no earthly use. We're human beings. We're real. We need to put legs to our prayers. And, you know, um, 
You know, we, we, we have a human responsibility. And in that, God's sovereignty, he allows us to take part. You see them hammering with, or going with the axe. And all of a sudden, these trees are falling down. And this man could have said, oh no, oh no. That wasn't even mine. And he could have kept hitting that tree with just the shaft. And while they're felling trees, they're moving away ahead of him. Another tree fell, another tree fell. And he's like this, with a shaft. Soon his arms get tired, and you know that shuddering through your fingers, your, your hands are sore, and blisters come. And you don't really mind blisters. You don't really mind a bit of pain. You don't really mind hardship and tiredness when you're having results, when there's fruit coming. See, when you're standing still and nothing's happening, you get dejected, disillusioned. Can you see him hammering or away with a, the, the stick of it rather than, rather than having an axe head uh, cutting through the wood to build for God, to go on in God, to grow in God, to do well in God? Can you see that everybody else is doing well but him? Do you ever feel like that? Everybody else is growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ but me. When you see, here's the problem. We need to stop and look and say, well, what is the problem? What is wrong? And here's what was wrong. He lost the axe head. He lost, as it were, the cutting edge of the Spirit. That's what happens. We lose our, our passion. We lose our, our sense. We lose our faith. We lose all of those things that the Holy Ghost operates in and through and cuts through life. And, and this man, he's hitting it. And after a while, some of his friends are going to look back and go, what's he doing? Either he's not trying to help or he's bluffing. <laughs> what's, what's happening? Here's what you do. Let's read this. Verse 5 says, But as one was filling a beam, the axe head fell into the water, and he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. And the man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed him the place, and he cut down a stick and cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. Now, we all have a place and a point in time where we come in our lives and say, Now, I'm either going to get tired and wear myself out and work in the flesh. And beat this tree with this stick. That's all it is. A dead stick. Many are beating the tree with a dead stick. You're beating your circumstance with a dead stick. You're beating things in your life with a dead stick. You're trying to live for God beating with a dead stick. And here's what you need to do. Alas, master. It was borrowed. It wasn't even mine. And in grace you come to me and give it to me. Look, None of this salvation is of us. Not one jot of it. Not one tittle. Not one iota. Not one dot or comma. None of it. Not one thing is of you. Not one thing. Not one. And once we take one little bit to receive the glory for ourselves, then we realize then that we are robbing God of his glory. The glory that is due to his name. And we must realize this is who we are without the Spirit of God moving in our life. 
you're going nowhere. God has a plan for you, brother. God has a plan for you, sister. God wants to use you. He wants to anoint you. But religion just isn't cutting it. Denominationalism just doesn't cut it. Doesn't cut the tree. It doesn't move you forward. When you leave this place, you might have sensed like in the school of the prophets, oh, look at the way the Lord's moving and you go home on your own and you sit in your own home or you're in your own place of work or wherever you are and these things come on you. You have the decision to make to say, I don't want to die in Jordan. But baptize me, Lord, and bring me out that the iron did swim. There's a miracle. I've heard some, read some commentators on this before a few years ago and they say they believe he got the shaft and hooked around the depths of it. This is a solid piece of iron and the miraculous thing was God raised it up. That which is impossible with man is possible with God. And God raised up the iron. Now here is the clause for you this morning. Verse 6 says, and the man of God says, where fell it? First of all, he cries. Second, he says, where did it fall? Where have we went wrong? Where did you go wrong? Where in our lives did the, the anointing seem to, to leave us? Listen, if you're a blood-washed Christian and the Spirit of God is living, living in you, he will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm speaking about moving on in God and growing in God and learning the things of the Spirit and coming to know Christ in such a beautiful, intimate fashion and way like a husband knows his wife. Power in your life and anointing in your life and, and blessing in your life. In spite of you thinking it's a curse in your life, God will turn it around. And he's that much for you, but we, we stand back and we hold the stick and say, if nobody will notice if I just keep hitting the stick on the tree, nobody will notice. Sure, I'm just doing the same motions, going through the same motions every week like everybody else. And look, you know, and then all of a sudden people are up there and they're moving on in God and you're wondering, I wonder why that's happening. See, your ex-head's died in Jordan. But if you call on him, you go back to the place where maybe you think you've went wrong. Get on your knees before him and cry unto God and repent. You'll find that which has been impossible will come possible. The iron did swim. But here it is. The man of God says, where fell it? And he showed him. He took him to the place where he went wrong. He admitted where he was. And then it says, the man of God cut down a stick and cast it in thither and the iron did swim. In other words, Alicia goes and cuts down a tree. He didn't take the old shaft. He cut down a stick. In other words, he took the branches of a tree. You know, And we need to go back, as it were, to the tree where Christ hung and bled and died for us. Come back afresh to it. There's too much. There's too much prosperity. Um, there's too much prosperity preaching, and there's not enough cross work of Christ. There's not enough blood of the Lamb. There's not enough repentance and sin. Imagine, have a good day and five ways to bless your neighbour and all this sort of stuff. Uh, Ten ways to have a happy life. Listen, when you're in Christ, you'll be satisfied with Him, but wanting more. And listen, God does bless you. God does prosper us in ways. 
cuts down a stick where we need to go back to Calvary where that tree was where Christ shed his blood and died. And he put it into the situation. In other words, Calvary applied to our death brings miraculous life. The iron did swim. Calvary applied to your circumstance where you're dying in it will bring miraculous life to you. Get back to the cross. Oh, and kneel at the foot of the cross. Cry at the foot of the cross. Worship at the foot of the cross. Get back to the cross and plead the blood of the lamb at the foot of the cross. Be covered in the blood of the lamb at the foot of the cross. Get back to the cross, brother. Get back to the cross, sister. And cry on to our master and say, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. He'll say, son, where did you go wrong? Lord, it was here I went wrong. He says, I'll add Calvary's power to it. He died for our sin and our shame, for our sorrows and our sicknesses. But listen, he rose again the third day. As the iron was to rise out of the water, the watery grave of Jordan, so Christ arose the third day, victorious for you and for me. See, this is the Christ we serve. He's alive. We don't serve a dead God. We don't serve statues and ornaments and paintings we serve the living God found in the person the lovely person the beautiful person the wonderful person the glorious person the majestic person of the son of God the Lord Jesus Christ oh the one who saved me and you so I close here's what you must do this morning now you can leave here and say that's a bit different. You can leave here and say, I'm glad we're getting out at the usual time. I thought we worshipped a bit longer and I thought we were going to get out later. You, you could leave here and say, yeah, he wasn't as long as he usually is preaching. <laughs> you can leave here and say many things, but you could leave here and go out the same way you came in this morning or you can leave here in faith and say, Lord, I'm applying Calvary, the work of the cross. I'm applying what Christ has done for me. I'm claiming it on my life. I'm claiming it in my life. I'm claiming it for my family. And when I go home, I'm going to remain the same. The devil may say, and the birds of the air may come. Those fowls may come and steal the seed, the good word of God, which is being sown this morning in your heart. And by the time you get home, they've robbed it out of your heart. No, close it up in your heart and let God do the rest and you'll see it start to take fruit. Take root and bear fruit. Listen, here's what he says in verse 7. Therefore, he said, take it up to thee. Do you want it? Brother, sister, do you want him? Do you want more of him? Do you want your life back, but better? He says, there's it. And the miraculous will happen. Do you want it? the question and this is my prayer for all of us and he put out his hand the man put out his hand the man who was dejected the man who cried the man who went to the man of God the man who cried for mercy the man who realized it wasn't his it was by grace it was borrowed and it says he put out his hand and he took it grace grace. It's all of grace. Do you want it this morning? Do you want Jesus? Then take it. Take the word and go home with it and let it ring in your heart. No matter 
what has happened. Listen, listen to me. Look, I know people think, sorry for you, pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. And you're up there preaching and you have a happy day's life and everything's hunky-dory with you. Listen, we all go through things. And I have to apply as you apply. Listen, no matter what, he's in charge. He's in control. He's your God. And now go with it. Take it this morning.